Hello and welcome to Mountain Talk. I'm your host, Tanya Turner. I have a weekly music show here on WMT, but today I'm on air because of Apple Shop's 50th anniversary. Apple Shop started in fall of 1969 here in Whitesburg, Kentucky as a media training program for local teenagers. Starting with short videos about Appalachia, those young people, their mentors, and creative people near and far grew Apple Shop into a multimedia arts and culture center collectively producing the largest body of work about Appalachia. In this episode, we talk about the beginnings of Apple Shop's 50th anniversary celebrations, starting in our home state. As Apple Shop celebrates 50 years of art and media making across the country through 2020, we're getting an early start in our biggest Kentucky cities. Brett Ratliff tells us about the Lexington Old Time Gathering coming up in February, where Apple Shop will be celebrated at 21C Hotel and Museum. Filmmaker Mimi Pickering of Apple Shop's founding generation shares some about the early years and current work of Apple Shop, as well as her most recent film, Screening in March at the Speed Cinema. Finally, the founding Speed Cinema curator, Dean Otto, will tell us about the Apple Shop at 50 Speed Cinema series, bringing Apple Shop films to Kentucky's largest art museum every month in 2019. Cool. Well, Brett, thank you so much for being on this edition of Mountain Talk with us. For our listeners who may not know you uh, well enough, would you care to introduce yourself for us? I'm Brett Ratliff. I am a musician and uh, live in Lexington, Kentucky now. Yeah, well, we all know you're a Van Leer boy, so... Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, a piece of my soul. (laughs) Just... uh, flew away yes um i should i should mention that i am a lifelong east kentuckian up until here recently and still consider myself an east kentuckian i live here in lexington now i think there's a lot of people in this town in that very same boat (laughs) but um yeah i grew up in johnson county uh, and which is the county seat is paintsville and i grew up in a historic little coal camp there called van leer Cool. And you are, of course, up in Lexington now doing the good work of bringing uh, the music and uh, lots of other art and culture of the mountains up to the city. Uh, and that's why uh, we're talking today. Uh, we've This mountain talk is about Apple Shop's 50th anniversary, which is coming up quick on us, our birthday is this fall, fall 2019, and we're hoping to run these birthday celebrations through 2020 really getting the most out of our golden anniversary um but it's exciting to be doing some early uh lead-ups to those celebrations uh both with the speed art museum which we've talked about on this special and also with uh, the lexington all-time gathering which you are organizing this year and um, would you tell us a little bit about how this gathering came to be and uh, how many years it's been running now well, <clears throat> sure, I'd love to. Uh, the gathering is in its um, third year now. We did one in 2015 and then didn't do one until 2018. Um, and honestly, it wasn't, uh, we didn't know if we'd be able to come back around and do one. When we did it in 2015, it was uh, an effort that um, was a part of a group that we had here, uh, myself. Um, Stephanie Jeter, Julie and Adrian Shepherd Powell. We had a group uh, string band called the Rail Splitters, and we kind of uh, undertook the first gathering as a group effort. And um, 
some some of us moved away uh, and then moved back and and um, decided that uh, this past February in 2018 that we'd give it another go and uh, different cast of characters, uh, the same concept for a gathering, a wintertime gathering that would uh, bring a lot of people who are um, well, both active in the old-time music community as well as uh, cultural organizations and universities and anybody who kind of shares this uh, line of work of doing cultural organizing and promoting in, in the arts and uh, things like that. Uh, bring bring everybody together and see what kind of festival you can have. And so it's a really um, great cultural exchange um, and an opportunity to sort of be in the same room to cure a little bit of those winter blues and, and um, have fun playing music, dancing, uh, seeing films, and, and all kinds of good stuff. Yeah. And uh, we're excited to be a part of it here at Apple Shop for sure. And I'd love to hear um, you tell us a little bit about why you reached out to Apple Shop about being a part of the kickoff party at 21C there on February 7th. Um, so we'll be up there early, getting things started early. Um, and I'm sure this hopefully might lead you into talking a little bit about your history with Apple Shop. Sure, yeah. Um, a major focus of the Lexington Gathering are partnerships, and so we do try to uh, partner with, uh, um, like I said, other organizations that are uh, in the same line of um, cultural work. And it's an opportunity to um, bring awareness to uh, those organizations but also to share, to share in the work. And, and so when you look around the state at everybody who's doing this type of um, documenting and um, uh, celebrating uh, our cultural traditions, you know, Apple Shop is certainly um, one of those organizations that uh, is undeniably uh, leaders in the field, and um, I have a previous relationship having worked at Apple Shop, and so I've always made sure to uh, include you, uh, include Apple Shop in anything that I'm doing in regards to the Lexington Gathering, and so I think this will be the third year that Apple Shop ha has actually been involved, and um, another organization here in Lexington that uh, I'm partnering with is 21C, and I had gotten into a conversation with them, and they had mentioned that they had been in a conversation with Apple Shop <laughs> and uh, about the 50th anniversary, and it seemed like just the perfect timing to be able to um, pull all of us uh, in uh, to the same sort of conversation and, and make this a part of the festival in a meaningful way and uh, what better part than to have a kickoff party and uh, a real celebration of the the work that Apple Shop has done over the years and um, that's just the kind of uh, work that we want to um, spotlight with this festival, the kind of uh, work that's happening here in Kentucky. Um, 
I mentioned that I worked for Apple Shop. I had the great um, pleasure to serve as uh, first uh, program director of WMMT back in the early uh, 2010s, <laughs> however you say that, <laughs> and um, then went on to uh, have a short stint as the general manager of WMMT. And uh, when you do that kind of work, it's not merely just a, a job, or it wasn't for me. For me, it was um, more of serving the mission of the organization. Um, and so for me, once you um, are no longer with an organization such as Apple Shop, you still feel like that you represent that organization's mission. So it was a – Apple Shop is an organization that um, helped me as – a uh, young, curious East Kentuckian getting into music and um, needing to find an, an artistic community, a creative community in the mountains. And um, uh, very early on, Apple Shop provided that for me. And so in turn, to then come and work for Apple Shop was uh, really quite an honor and uh, an education and something that I continue to carry with me today. And so without that experience, you know, it's really quite possible that I wouldn't be uh, able to do some of the things that I'm doing as a musician and as an organizer. The idea that um, this thing that I care very deeply about, this tr these musical traditions, uh, the Kentucky repertoire, the cultural exchange that um, continues to innovate these cultural traditions. Um, a lot of that education for me uh, happened because of the work of Apple Shop over the last 50 years. Yeah, that's a beautiful testimony. And I think it's a, become a real common experience for a lot of um, us young people who uh, had, you know, all kinds of complicated uh, relationships with the region growing up, um, hearing that getting out is a good way to go and <laughs> moving off, and um, many of us did, and, and a lot of times I think Apple Shop and WMMT had a big role to play in um, pulling us back in or... or uh, um, really shaping the path that we took, like you say. And, um, yeah, I think Absolutely. it's, it's, I really hope that during this 50th anniversary, we can host a lot of places like the, like the Lexington Old Time Gathering, where people who are, have all kinds of different stories connected to Apple Shop can really kind of get together and it served like a lot of reunions, just a lot of reunions of the friends and family um, of ex of the extended uh, Apple Shop family over the 50 years. There's a whole, whole lot of us out there um, and we uh, also want to reach a lot of new people and keep keep that extended family growing all the time. Yeah, it's a... It's a um... It's a, a dedicated force, <laughs> um, <laughs> for sure, uh, of people doing uh, a lot of really amazing work, and you want at every chance that uh, you get to 
pull as many new people into that as possible. And uh, this is a great opportunity uh, to do that. Uh, it could just be about the music, you know, it could just be about the community coming together, playing a tune, you know, getting coming in out of the cold. <laughs> um, but we, what I feel like that we have in Kentucky that doesn't exist everywhere are organizations like Apple Shop, are organizations like Hyman Settlement School who have uh, really done the deep cultural work. And, um, you know, Kentucky, as far as a traditional repertoire goes, is a, a, a source for so much music that has traveled all over the world and back. Yeah. And um, I think all of these um, make a festival, uh, for, for these reasons, it makes a festival coming together like this in a place like um, Kentucky uh, all the more meaningful and uh, creates a, a a deep historical context through which to engage the arts. And it's really a, a unique situation, I feel like, and a, just a great opportunity to continue to um, innovate within the traditional arts, which is really what we're uh, hoping happens with such an exchange. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's just, you know, for what you said, it, it feels so important for some of our earliest 50th celebrations to be here at home in our home state, um, both in Lexington and Louisville, where, uh, you know, I, I'm convinced that at least Lexington, if not Louisville, too, is mostly populated with East Kentuckians. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime I'm up there, uh, you know, you're bound to run into us. <laughs> but um yeah, we're so happy for these just like Kentucky, this, these statewide um, celebrations because um, because of what you said about the, the rich cultural um, impact that, that Kentucky has had on the whole region and state and, and world, really. So um, I think the kickoff party at 21C will be a, a great snapshot of Apple Shop, what Apple Shop is. Apple Shop is so many things, it's hard to ever really be able to lay your finger on it or really see it all at one time. Seed time on the Cumberland is a good time for that. Uh, our summer annual festival this year, it's June 7th and 8th. But I think we're going to try to create that as best we can at the 21C uh Hotel and Museum there on February 7th with uh, music and dance and food and live art demonstrations and we'll have um, a selection of our films running throughout the night so people can really just move around the space and be with one another and really take in a lot of what um, Kentucky in general has to offer uh, in in these type of arts and and really a, a deeper dive into what Apple Shop has done for so many years. And we'll also have this beautiful silent auction where people can take home a piece of that with them, which I think is really important. Me so, <laughs> yeah, and then we'll we'll be set up there with lots of our merch and media. And so you can there'll be a lot of ways to take a piece of Apple Shop home with you. Um, and then we'll be set up throughout the Lexington All Time Gathering. So to um, close us out here would you tell us a little bit more about what people can expect on friday and saturday of the festival sure sure um so the the core venue for the weekend for that friday and saturday for the uh, of the gathering is uh arts place in downtown lexington on mill street 
And um, Art's Place is a, a great old, I think it was like a, a YMCA or something like that a long time ago. Um, but it, it now has uh, studio spaces for, um, oh, I, I think they have uh, letterpress print uh, studios in there and, and other uh, studios that artists can rent, but also dance studios and the Lexington Ballet is is there and things like that. Uh, they have gallery spaces and performance halls. And so we'll be... Um, setting up there, having our uh, main concerts there, as well as dances and workshops. Um, and so on Friday, uh, we have our uh, featured kind of showcase with the legendary artists Alice Gerard and Kay Justice. Both of them have been in the music uh, business for a long, long time and have amassed uh, quite an amazing uh, body of work between them, and we're uh, so super excited to have them. And uh, also, on that concert on Friday night, we will have a young up-and-coming um, emerging fiddler, uh, fiddler named Tatiana Hargreaves, and she's really, uh, really uh, an exceptional uh, talent, and we're very have, happy to have her on the bill. Uh, other than that, m most of the other artists are going to be local artists because this festival really wants to shine a light on uh, how much talent we have here in Kentucky. Um, and so many, many of uh, the artists throughout the weekend, especially on Saturday, are going to be um, uh, from Kentucky. And on Saturday, we'll have a full day of concurrent uh, sessions in um, music and dance. Uh, we'll do concerts and uh, special features uh, like the Calhoun Creek Mountain Music School Showcase, which will showcase artists that are affiliated with the school, both old and young artists. Um, and we'll have some conversations, some discussions, a lot of jam sessions and uh, things like that. So we're really, really uh, looking forward to Saturday. And that's when we set up to have what I consider a, a, a kind of a cultural exchange <laughs> of a lot of different people from around the state who are doing interesting um uh, cultural arts or organizing or that sort of thing and having them all in the same space in conversation with one another. Um, and it's also just uh, really entertaining <laughs> for those who are just coming to take in some music or maybe a dance or something like that. It's, it's, uh, it's also just thoroughly entertaining. Um, and then Saturday we have, you know, for, for the, uh, those lingering around town, we have a couple of little uh, uh, casual jam sessions uh, scheduled, and all of this information can be found um, at www.lexgathering.com. Perfect. Well, we cannot wait to see you there. Um, I hope a lot of folks listening on Mountain Talk today uh, are marking their calendars and making plans to be um, at the Lexington Old Time Gathering with us starting on Thursday, February 7th at 7 p.m. at the 21C Hotel and then running Friday, Saturday, and Sunday 
at Art's Place, right, in downtown. Yeah. All right. Well, Brett, I thank you so much for being on Mountain Talk with us and uh, sharing so uh, just a bit of what you've been up to with us. And, of course, we hope you always consider Apple Shop a home away from home, and we can't wait to see you back here. I certainly do. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it so much. Yeah, thank you. Next, Mimi Pickering elaborates on 50 years of Apple Shop and her film, Anne Braden's Southern Patriot, as a part of the Speed Museum's Apple Shop at 50 cinema series. Well, I'd love to start by um, you just introducing yourself to us. Um, even though you often need no introduction, we <laughs> should assume there might be some people tuned in who don't know Mimi Pickering. Well, thank you. Um, yes, this is Mimi Pickering, and I have worked at Apple Shop since uh, I was uh, much younger than I am today, and I've done film projects, documentaries, which I've always uh, really enjoyed, although they are um, they're hard work. And then I've done I've worked on lots of other um, projects. So it's been an exciting time, about uh, 47 years or something like that. And I'm also on WMMT as uh, secretly as Biscuits on on uh, Wednesday morning and then also produce some for the news on WMMT. So the working in radio production has been uh, something I've been doing for the last maybe um, seven or eight years, but it's kind of new, and I really enjoy that. Yeah, so in your uh, years here, you've been able to get intimate with multiple Apple Shop projects. Yes. Um, unique viewpoint. Maybe more, more intimate than one would have wished. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee it. <laughs> oh, well, um, you said yourself you've been here about 47 years, so um, and we are fast approaching uh, Apple Shop's 50th anniversary, our golden anniversary, they say. And so I wonder if you might just say a little bit about what this is kind of what this means to you and maybe even kind of what you hope um, this time for Apple Shop looks like. Yeah, sure. So um, I actually came, I was sort of an intern with the Black Lung Association and other groups in West Virginia and uh, showed up in Whitesburg. It was actually a January, um, about this time, in a January in uh, 1971. So um, later that year, I started working on a project, a film project with Apple Shop and learning filmmaking. And so it has been a, a long journey. And, um, you know, we've gone through a lot of different technologies, which has, you know, the world of media and communications has changed and, could, and I think will, uh, has changed rapidly and is changing more rapidly all the time. So that's been uh, an interesting challenge for Apple Shop. We started in with 16 millimeter film, which was very um, expensive. And one of the reasons Apple Shop got started was to train young people in film and television skills and provide an opportunity for them to tell the story of the region from their own perspective, rather than um, always having the media from far away do that. And um, if I'm if I'm talking to groups 
in this day, I have to remind them that you couldn't just whip out a cell phone and take a movie of uh, your friends and neighbors and loved ones. Um, it was you know, extremely involved with very, very expensive equipment, and the film itself was, you know, $400 for a 10-minute uh, roll of film to uh, buy it and get it processed. So, so folks didn't have that opportunity. So we really changed, of course, over the years. Um, we started doing more video, and then now we sort of work in, in media that doesn't even have anything real that you can hold on to. You don't have a tape or a roll of film or anything. And um, AppleShop added WMMT in the mid-'80s, which was a tremendous addition um, to our uh, organization and our ability to have a voice with and for people throughout the region. So, um, you know, we're, as I said, the technology and how media and stories are delivered continues to change. And I think um, I'm really looking forward to what uh, the next generation, the next couple of generations of Apple shoppers do and how they tell the stories of the region. I think that, um, I think that's really, you know, what Apple shops about is telling stories from our region that, um, you know, what I've found in my work, those stories resonate with people all over the country and all over the world, really. And it may seem like it's a, you know, story from very rural country Appalachia, but, you know, I've found that our work often has great similarities, say, with people in inner-city Philadelphia or, you know, Apple Shop folks have shown films in, in uh, China and India and um, Kuwait and Zambia and Malaysia, Indonesia, all over the world and, oh, you know, resonated with the folks there. So um, I'm just looking forward to that storytelling tradition and I, I shouldn't forget our theater component either, which is based on um, telling the stories, roadside theater, and they've they've done their taken their um, model all over the country and all over the world as well, and worked with different communities. So, anyway, I'm looking forward to uh, what comes next and how we end up using whatever the technology is, whatever the method is for for reaching people and, and engaging in uh, dialogues about uh, where we come from and where they come from and how we're the same and how we're different and how we can um, come together around really important issues. So as we uh, approach approach the 50th, you know, it's just a, a new and exciting time. It really is, and it's so nice to hear you talk about and reflect on um, all these years and what's been uh, what's been made possible here at Apple Shop by just a lot of hard work and um, pretty creative vision. Um, it's always amazing to me how artists can see something that don't that doesn't exist yet and create and make it so. Um, and I think that's really been at the core of Apple Shop's history is just so many people here being able to see and see that see a need or see something that doesn't exist um, and create it and feel the need 
And even here in our coming up on our 50th year, you in particular, Mimi, are also a part of some of our uh, more responsive community programming here through um, the Appalachian Media Institute. Yes, um, with yeah, our that... all access EKY work. Um, and I think that's some of our you know, most exciting work right now. It bring it has lots of young people in the building on a weekly basis and that always um always creates the feel you want in a workspace to have young, vibrant um people uh with a lot of ideas and questions. Um and so I I would love it if you'd talk a little bit about that. I think that's some of our most exciting work these days. Sure, sure. You know, and one of the things I think that um we we figured out, you know, we just, uh, early on, it was so exciting to, uh, make these documentary films, the whole process I, I found. And I think the, the other, uh, filmmakers who continued on just, of um, you know, of meeting folks and who, uh, become good subjects and talking with them and, you know, then figuring out how to tell their story through the editing process and then completing it and, and um, then being able to show it to other people, show it to the people, the subjects themselves, and then show it in the community and around. In doing that, we really found out, we really saw the power of that storytelling, and we saw the power of um, people being dete- being able to tell their own story in the media. You know, the media is so... Um, dominant in our lives now more than ever, you know, when we're attached to those devices 24-7, really. And um, so, you know, realizing how much it meant and what impact it could have to tell stories, you know, both on the people in that were the subjects and their neighbors and friends and then much wider communities. And I think we've, we've really... Um, come to make the case, and that's just one art form, but we found this thing, this happens with theater, with uh, visual art, with murals, with um, written word, all kinds of art forms, just that the power of art to help bring about change is really amazing. And I think Apple Shop has really documented that uh, or demonstrated that, you know, a lot of people are very have been skeptical about that, you know, art, art, well, that's for, you know, that's for playtime or whatever, but, you know, how is that important with community development or how is that important with social change or all these things? But I think AppleShop's work and what AppleShop has done in all these different um, media really has shown that um, work and cultural uh, organizing and creative opportunities really can help change a lot of situations. So that leads me to the really exciting project that um, the Appalachian Media Institute is doing right now, and I'm fortunate to be one of the team leaders, and that's All Access EKY, where we're, um, where young women, mostly young women, are telling stories about um, just about reproductive health and access to birth control and attitudes about uh, bodies and children and not having children and and, uh, medical care and whatever, um, things like consent and wherever, whatever they think is really important to tell. Um, And our goal is really 
to um, help younger women have access to whatever reproductive health care um, they they need and want, and I mean to be more knowledgeable and more aware, and also really to encourage our healthcare providers and uh, social service people to be much more aware of the needs of, of younger women in our region. And by being aware of younger women, it really covers all women. But um, we do have high rates of um, teen pregnancy in the region and unintended pregnancy, and there's lots of obstacles to um, getting the kind of reproductive health care you need. So these young women are taking it on through their stories in uh, both media and they're writing a blog and they're uh, doing presentations at, at, in various settings and uh, sponsoring group discussions. So so it's Apple Shop continuing the way we have using new methods, new technologies and addressing some really critical issues in the region. So it's very exciting and creating um, new media makers in the process as well. Absolutely. It's been a, a joy to be a little bit involved with and see progress. And um, it's it's a very exciting work that's really was started almost 10 years ago um, here at Apple Shop and with uh, all, all kinds of partners. Right. So yeah, thank you so much for helping lead that work. You're listening to Mountain Talk on WMMT. In this episode, we're talking about Apple Shop's 50th anniversary and our early celebrations in Kentucky's largest cities this winter. Next, we'll continue to hear from Mimi Pickering about her film Anne Braden's Southern Patriot, screening at the Speed Cinema on March 24th for the Apple Shop at 50 film series running through 2019. So I want to switch gears a little bit um, to talk about uh, some events we have coming up at the Speed Art Museum. Uh, we have this really exciting uh, film series coming up the whole year in 2019, starting this coming uh, Sunday. And our March feature is um, one of your latest films, um, one of Apple Shop's more recent films, um, about an actual, a, a, Louis, a Louisvillian, <laughs> a Louisville um, woman. And so I would love for you to tell us a little bit about Anne Braden and, and how you came to make a film about her. Sure. Yeah, and, and um, you know, the Speed Museum, I have not been there since they, they went to a huge renovation. And uh, I've seen some pictures that just looks beautiful. And it, I would say it is you know, definitely Kentucky's premier art museum. And it, it's stands there with lots of other art museums in Kentucky and outside of Kentucky. So it's really a wonderful honor to be part of this great film program that they have going there. And um, it's right that, you know, I got to know Louisville better in doing this film on Anne Braden, who um, my filmmaking partner, Ann Lewis, and I, we both knew of Anne and had um, connected with her through various organizing efforts. She was very um, involved with in Jesse Jackson's run for the presidency, which was, um, I guess, in the 80s. A long, it seems like a long time ago now, but, <laughs> uh, 
But anyway, we knew Anne. Um, she was a legendary figure for many in Kentucky. And yet we were saying to our, to each other, it's like, why hasn't anybody made a film on Anne Braden? You know, she's got to be one of the um, more historically important people in Kentucky and, and actually throughout the House South. Um, and so anyway, then um, this woman that teaches at the University of Louisville, Kathleen Fossil, she, she released a of an oral history biography with Anne um, called Subversive Southerner, and uh, I met Kate and read her book, and that was like, oh, this is this is uh, great, and it's and for a filmmaker, it's like, wow, now we have this whole history of Anne, and that would be, you know, even more reason um, and really helpful in creating a film. So, um, so eventually, Anne Lewis and I, we asked Anne if she would be willing to uh, participate in a, in a film biography. And, you know, I, I think I feel very honored that she said yes, because um, she'd turned down a lot of people. And, you know, she just uh, said she was too busy. <laughs> she didn't think it was important, but she she actually had come to realize in, in teaching um, she was at that time then teaching some courses at Northern Kentucky University and at the University of Louisville and uh, teaching about the history of the civil rights movement. And she'd, she'd come to realize that um, people, especially younger people, were really interested in her story. And when she told her story, that was a way for them to really engage with the whole history of the civil rights movement. Um, and then to, you know, follow it more deeply, learn more about it. So anyway, she was receptive to Anne Lewis and I um, asking about doing the film on her. So uh, I think we started around 2003 or 2004 and um, had the opportunity to interview her quite a few times. And Anne and her husband, Carl, were kind of um, notorious for some people, because in the mid-1950s, um, they were activists, and they ended up buying a house for, you know, directly for an African-American couple who had been turned down. He was a veteran of World War II, and he was looking for a house um, a little bit outside of uh, downtown Louisville, and um, because he was black, he kept being turned down. Uh, for buying various houses. So Anne and Carl, they bought a house and then sold it to him. And a lot of, uh, you know, protest ensued. And eventually, uh, and then some people um, firebombed the house and burned a cross in front of it through rocks, all those kinds of things. And after the firebombing, Anne and Carl were arrested for sedition. Um Bay and four other people, and it was this was 1955, and it was claimed that they were trying to overthrow uh, Jefferson County, Kentucky, by um, stirring up the races. So this became a, a, a national case, and it was, you know, eventually, uh, and it all tied in with uh, the McCarthy era, era the Cold War. Uh, anti-communism that was going on and and um, a real censorship 
of of people, and and it was claimed that they were communists and all kinds of things, and they really were just ostracized in Louisville and throughout the rest of the South, other places. And um, it was really a horrible time, but Ann and Carl really stood firm, and he eventually went to jail for a year for his for this, and then they ruled all of this unconstitutional. Um, but their lives were really changed, and they went from there to uh, work for the um, Southern Conference Education Fund, and Anne edited a, a publication called The Southern Patriot, which was really important. You know, there was no... Newspapers were not covering the civil rights movement. They were not covering what was happening, you know, in their communities, typically, um, much less out in their states. And so... The Southern Patriot covered all of these activities all over the South. And, you know, I think it went out monthly to people. And um, it was just a lifeline for other activists to know, like somebody in Georgia, to know what's happening in Alabama and and folks in Alabama to know what was going on in Kentucky. Um, So Anne edited that for many years, and it was a very, very vital resource. And she just just continued to organize. She was um, friends with Dr. Martin Luther King. She and Carl both, and and his wife, Coretta. Um, She met him at one time at the Highlander uh, Folk School in in Tennessee, and um, I think many Kentuckians don't know that Dr. King's brother was a preacher in Louisville. He had a church in Louisville, and so um, Anne was at this gathering with him, and, and of course, those, those meetings at Highlander are a whole other story of uh, how the civil rights movement came together. It was one of the first and only times when uh, black and white folks came together, you know, in a, in a meeting uh, where all were equal, and of course, later, the, the Highlander School was shut down and burned because of that kind of activity, but anyway, Anne met Dr. King there, and um, she he needed to get to Louisville, and so she ended up driving him from way down in South Tennessee up to Louisville, Kentucky, and I think, uh, and knowing Anne and what she said, they just talked the whole way. Anne was a good talker, and so she really got to know him quite well in that um, probably seven-hour drive at that time, and um you know, that was actually quite something for a white woman to be driving. I think he had a associate with him, you know, two black men through the South. Uh, that was, a, uh, even at that time, was an, an act of bravery. But anyway, um, her story went on and on, and she really, she organized, continued organizing her whole life and uh, was doing that when she passed away in, in 2006 and um, and Lewis and I, we had filmed with her, but we hadn't filmed as much as we would have liked. And, um, and then at that point when she, uh, passed away, other filmmakers very generously gave us, um, footage that they had of her. And we were ultimately able to do, uh, a, a, a movie, you know, finish our movie and Braden's Southern Patriot and, uh, so it was a collective effort, and uh, just uh, very honored that, that we were able to do that. And 
show it around. So it will be, uh, I have showed it a couple times in Louisville, and um, we did one big premiere at uh, the African American Heritage Center there, and it was wonderful. It was packed. And, uh, you know, people of all, uh, from all neighborhoods in Louisville came, and, and so many people who had worked with Anne, knew Anne, and Carl as well. So I'm um, looking forward to showing it again in Louisville. Finally, Dean Otto tells us more about Kentucky's largest art museum, The Speed, and their celebrations of Apple Shop at 50 through a monthly cinema series. Well, I'm Dean Otto. I'm the founding curator of film at the Speed Art Museum in Louisville, Kentucky. And I moved to Louisville uh, three years ago uh, to start the Speed Cinema. Uh, at the Speed Art Museum, and it's a brand new space that opened up in March of 2016. It's 138 seats, and uh, we have archival 16 and 35 millimeter um, capabilities as well as 4K digital. So um, it's in a 138-seat um, uh, theater, and we're able to uh, uh, make... Uh, the, the films that we screen look the best. Um, and we have such great attention to detail um, for the presentations of film. But education is a really strong component to the, to the programs that we, that we present here. We have program notes for every screening, which have background um, on, the, on the films, um, some critical writing, um, usually interviews with, with the directors so the artist's voice is present, um, suggested viewing and suggested reading. Uh, I think that people have a, a access to a lot of films now, but people are looking for a curated experience. They want someone to go through and pick the best work out. And um, I think it's important that we continue to have um, spaces uh, for people to see, see films together, because um, I think that's the, the best way that people are able to really communicate a, a community's values by how they're reacting um, to films. Um, to be gathered all together, you know, we show what's important to us by what we're laughing at, uh, um, you know, uh, what we're crying uh, about, what we're, what makes us angry, um, and uh, I, I really think that's a, it's a strong way that a community can share its values um, by watching films together. And here at the at the Speed Cinema, you know, we we'd like. Uh, to uh, connect the films that, that we're presenting here uh, to other community organizations. The, uh, the Speed Art Museum is completely surrounded by the University of Louisville, so quite often um, we are able to uh, invite uh, professors and academic departments to be a uh, part of the programs that, that we're presenting here too, to share that um, academic expertise, you know, outside of the classroom and uh, share it with the, the wider public too. And it, it's, uh, you know, it's not like a, a straightforward class, but it's uh, more having people who have uh, studied and done research in, into topics to share share their information more broadly 
and to provide a, an, an opportunity for people to uh, uh, discuss the films um, um, afterwards, too. We do so many post-screening discussions, either with filmmakers um, who might be joining um, uh, us by uh, Skype connection uh, or being in person or having another uh, community organization here, giving a local um, uh, uh, spin on the subjects of the, the films that, that we're presenting here. So um, it's just been a really exciting time to be here. We've grown, uh, grown the program from uh, zero um, back when we opened in March of, of 2016 to nearly 40,000 people attended screenings um, last year. Wow, that is that's incredible. I think you answered my first three questions in that intro. <laughs> <laughs> You're way ahead of me. <laughs> um, while you were speaking about um, you know communities viewing things together and values, that you know, I, it almost sounded like you were talking about Apple Shop, the history of Apple Shop. And well, um, I, I, that's you know one thing that I I really experienced when I I did uh, travel down to Apple Shop um, in July last year too is it, it was everyone I met had some uh, type of connection to, to the organization. And, you know, it was so important within that community. It was like a, a convener of, like, uh, incredible experiences uh, for people uh, or, you know, you, you know uh, the person who uh, ran the Airbnb uh, that I stayed at had a show or a radio show to, to uh, you know, attending programs, having um, um, relatives who um, either work there or were involved in um, like a youth media program or another uh, um, aspect of, of the work that Apple Shop does. So, I mean, in such a, in such a small town, it, it just showed how important an arts institution could be in anchoring a community. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's it's always hard to explain. <laughs> and you, you almost have to come stay. Well, I think and other have people are helping to to tell that story um, as well. I mean, I first became aware of Apple Shop um, when, uh, when I was in Minneapolis. Um, and my previous job working at the Walker Arts Center in Minute. Uh, and the media arts community um, uh, in the city helped to organize and sponsor the, uh, the 2000 um, NAMAC, the National Alliance of Media Arts and Culture Conference, and the national conference, and as part of the conference, Apple Shop uh, received uh, an award for outstanding organization. And so Mimi Pickering and Dee Davis had traveled uh, to Minneapolis to accept that award, and that's when I first became aware of of the, the work of Apple Shop. So when I moved down here three years ago, you know that was on on my list uh, to take a road trip down to Whitesburg um, uh, and you know connect with Apple Shop. Um, but I had uh, I, I was given um, you know that opportunity, or it seemed um, more pressing when um, 
as the curatorial staff here at the Speed um, came together to focus on a year of uh, Kentucky art. And uh, so we have several exhibitions um, uh, either open right now or uh, will be opening up throughout the year focused on um, art and artists from Kentucky. We currently have the Kelty Ferris um, painting exhibition up. She's a, uh, she grew up here in Louisville, went to Atherton High School, and later went on. And now she's a, a you know major international um, artist. And this is her first uh, solo museum exhibition. Um, and uh, later this month, we have uh, Making Time, the Art of the Kentucky uh, Tall Case Clock, uh, opening up. Uh, in the the gallery just uh, above the the Speed Cinema. Uh, Later on this year, uh, we'll have uh, an exhibition by uh, the the artist from uh, Lexington, Ebony Patterson, um, and her work is uh, both um, anchored in uh, the permanent collection here at the the Speed and um, uh, at 21C as well. Um, later on this year, we'll also have an equine exhibition, our very first one, if you can believe it, in the entire history of the Speed Art Museum. There wow. hasn't been uh, a show focused on horses, and um, uh, you know, given our proximity uh, as well to Churchill Downs, which is about a quarter of a mile away. Um, and uh, we also have a, a really great um, drawing show of uh, the work of Bert Hurley, who is an African-American artist who had been based in, the, in uh, West Louisville with a really delightful uh, um, uh, 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 series of, of uh, drawings that, that he had made um, uh, last century. So... When all of those exhibitions um, uh, were being developed, I knew that uh, for my uh, connection within the, the speed cinema, I wanted to really uh, uh, investigate um, the work of Apple Shop, and you know, uh, it was great to also uh, find out that that Apple Shop would be celebrating its 50th anniversary, which gave you know yeah. a more weight. Uh, to, to doing a program. Um, uh, we have a, a program each Sunday called Owsley Free Sunday, where a gallery admission is free. And I also do a lot of free film programming um, on, on uh, early Sunday afternoons. And uh, I, through my trip and my research, um, uh, I was able to make that commitment to do uh, one screening of work from Apple Shop per month um, uh, during this year. And we're going to start the the program off coming up on uh, Sunday, January 27th, uh, with uh, Elizabeth Barrett's film, Stranger with a Camera. And I had the great opportunity when I was down in Apple Shop uh, to actually have a private screening um, in in Apple Shop theater space of the piece. And... um, and also to be able to to talk to uh, Elizabeth, you know, directly after the screening, um, too. And it, uh, for me, it really grounded the whole idea of why um, Apple Shop exists. Um, uh, 
um, to, you know, it's focused on um, who gets to tell the, uh, the story of a region and its people. You know, it's focused on a very difficult event, um, um, and but it's really rooted in the, this kind of confrontation of the stereotypes of Appalachia, and uh, and a reason why uh, an organization like Apple Shop needs to exist to to fight those type of stereotypes, to provide those opportunities for uh, filmmakers to develop and to tell the stories. You know, um, you know, from uh, uh, from their own perspectives, um, as opposed to other people kind of coming in from the outside with their their own prejudices, and um, to be able to amplify that uh, on a broader scale. And I think that was one of the uh, the reasons why you know this film is is so important to see and um, to see really at, at the very beginning of uh, um, a, a whole year-long celebration of Apple Shop, too. Thank you, Dean. And we just appreciate you so much for working uh, to to use the speed cinema in such beautiful ways to to bring so much art to Kentucky and then to also showcase so much of Kentucky's rich art and art history. Um, and we're so, so happy to be a part of it. So if you'll just remind our listeners one more time of the February and March dates for those Apple Shop at 50 events. Yeah, we're going to be screening Evelyn Williams um, by Ann Lewis. And that's going to be on uh, Sunday, February 10th at 1.30 p.m. in the Speed Cinema. Um, the tickets are, fr- are free, and it's on a first-come, first-serve basis. And then we're screening Anne Braden's Southern uh, Patriot, uh, which is co-directed by Ann Lewis and Mimi Pickering, on Sunday, March 24th at 12.30 p.m. And uh, um, we'll have Dr. Kate uh, Fossil from uh, the Ann Braden Institute for Social Justice Research uh, at UFL there that day. Thank you for listening to this episode of Mountain Talk and for being a part of Apple Shop's 50th anniversary. Keep following our 50th celebrations and contribute to our campaign at appleshop.org 50th and on our social media pages at Apple Shop. If you'd like to hear this or previous episodes of Mountain Talk, you can find them on our website at wmmt.org or download Mountain Talk as a podcast from SoundCloud or Stitcher. Music on this episode features Brett Ratliff with a tune called Getting Wild Again from his 2008 album Cold Icy Mountain from Apple Shop's own June Apple Recordings. I've been your host, Tanya Turner, and from all of us at Apple Shop, thanks for listening to WMMT Real People Radio.